0: Hey this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by.
0: Hello and welcome to the 413th episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sandy, can I talk to you about this book I've been reading for work?
1: Yeah, is it like required reading?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, the, the reading is required. The assessment that comes with it apparently is not technically required, although highly encouraged. Um, so on the podcast, we've done like Myers-Briggs assessments before. Um, we've also done... You talked about the uh, love languages, I believe. At least uh, I know I talked about it yeah, with later on the episode. I couldn't remember if it was with you. Um, so yeah, I the the book that we've been reading is is called "The Six Types of Working Genius." Um, it's uh, by, uh, by a by by Man Patrick Lencioni, I think is how you pronounce his last name. It's a fairly short book. It's it's about two hundred pages. I'm uh, I'm on the hundred eightieth page now, so I have about like twenty pages left oh, here. Wow. Um, and the the book. <laughs> it's an interesting style but I'll just kind of quickly tell you what the purpose of the book is or what the six working genius genius theory is There's a, a theory or I don't know I don't I don't know that they necessarily refer to it as a theory I will call it a theory right here but um, that there are six types of like personalities so to speak and each individual, has a preference for two working types or working geniuses as they refer to them Uh, so the six types defined are uh, wonder invention discernment galvanizing enablement and tenacity and they basically state that there are two geniuses that each person has two uh, uh uh competencies and two frustrations so a genius is something that like when you go to work if this is what your your day-to-day is you're like slap happy you're excited to go to work and there's like no lows you're you're happy to be there and you're you just grind away and before you know it, it's like 5 five thirty, and it's time to go home yeah uh the mm-hmm. the competencies are things that like you're good at you can do but if you have to do them for prolonged periods of time they will eventually become draining on you and will start to like sap away your energy. The frustrations are again, things that like no one can fully escape, but things that like, if you have to do for any meaningful amount of time, it's going to really sap your energy and it's going to really frustrate you and and make you dislike work. So I'll quickly explain what those six working geniuses are before we get into it. Um, So, the, okay. the genius of wonder so this is like a, this is like two pages in the book the genius of wonder involves the ability to ponder and speculate and question the state of things asking questions that provoke answers and action people with this genius are naturally inclined to do things they find it easy to lose themselves in observing the world around them and wondering whether things shouldn't be different or whether there is untapped potential that should be tapped the genius of invention is all about coming up with new ideas and solutions people with this genius are drawn towards organization creativity and ingenuity in the truest sense of those words even with little direction and context the, uh though every type is a genius these are the people who are often referred to as quote unquote geniuses because many of their ideas seem to come out of thin air the genius of discernment is related to instinct intuition and uncanny judgment People with this genius have a natural ability to assess an idea or situation, even without a lot of data or expertise. Using pattern pattern recognition and gut feel, they're able to provide valuable advice and feedback around most subjects in a way that transcends their levels of specific knowledge or information. Uh, The genius of galvanizing is about rallying, motivating and provoking people to take action around an idea or an initiative. People with this genius are naturally inclined to inspire and enlist others to get involved in an endeavor. They don't mind persuading people to rethink or change their plans in order to embark on something worthwhile. The genius of enablement involves providing people with support and assistance in a way that is needed. People with this genius are adept at responding to the needs of others without conditions or restrictions. They're naturally inclined to help others accomplish their goals and often can anticipate what people might need before they even ask. Individuals with the genius of enablement are frequently unaware that this is a genius at all. And finally, the sixth genius is uh, tenacity, and it's all about the satisfaction of pushing things across the finish line to completion. People with this genius are not only capable but uh, capable of but naturally inclined to finish projects and ensure that they're completed in accordance uh, to their specification. They gain energy by pushing through obstacles and seeing the impact of their work, and they find joy in crossing tasks off their list and getting closure. So the... So... Um, yeah, like it. Based off of that, do you have any sense as to what your genius, what your two geniuses are?
1: That's a really good question. I and feel like, go ahead.
0: You might have to sit on it. Uh, I will state that the genius, like the genius of invention and wonder, are very similar, and it can be difficult to like yeah. tease those two apart. Right? Like wondering, the idea with wondering, as far as I can tell, is more like pondering the possibilities. So maybe something exists. And they look at that and they say, hey, there's a possible solution to make that even better. Whereas the the inventors, they kind of take that ponderment from the wonderers and they say, okay, yeah, cool. Here's how we can actually put that into action. So the people who wonder might not necessarily have an actionable idea with what they're considering. The people who invent are the ones who actually can put that into play.
1: Yeah, I feel like with working styles, I tend to oscillate Mm -hmm. between them, and it's hard for me to be like, "Oh, this is the one like way that I am." Yeah, Uh, but it probably does make sense for me to like uh, sit on it. I'll say, yeah, 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 that makes sense because like I've done a lot of these, and I'm in a leadership sort of thing at work right now that is doing something very, very similar to this. And I I do wonder if it's uh like having well, let me sit on it let me sit on it I'll send me send me these and then maybe the next time okay um I'll uh well before we head off to Italy I'll uh I'll see if we can record another one during the week okay and I can give you my answer on all this
0: that sounds good um so yeah this is like so let me let me explain the book the, so the book is set up it's it's kind of an interesting format so. It's obviously a. Th- uh, I'm again. I'm going to call it a theory around working styles and how to like better organize your organization to put people into positions that would help them thrive, that make them excited to work, and make them more productive overall. Um, the book is exactly two hundred and twenty-six pages. The first hundred and seventy. Five pages are a work of fiction, so to speak. I don't really know how strongly this work of fiction mimics or mirrors the actual author's experience developing this model, but like he's come, he has this story, he, he has a, uh, um, he, you know, it's a, there's a narrative, he has a main character. The main character, like we, we get kind of like a, a high level view of his life before working at, before um, starting his own advertising firm. And he starts talking about like things like the Sunday blues where on Sunday he starts to get this sense of like anxiety, this stress. And he like initially couldn't put his finger on what it was that was stressing him out, that was giving him anxiety. And then eventually he realized, oh, I'm like dreading the idea of going to work. And there were some positions that he had in the past where he – realized some of those Sunday blues were leaking even into Saturday. So it was like really affecting mm. his life, right? So he talks about the impact that it has on his wife. Again, entirely fictional. <laughs> Again, so it's a little bit weird in that sense, uh, with that you know, with regards to that. But I, I feel like you can take a lot from that too. Like I I have I got I definitely feel the Sunday blues or felt I should say the Sunday blues. It's a thing that actually my siblings and I were talk about when we were in like elementary school middle school we would call it the sunday feeling when it's like you know four or five p.m on sunday and you're like damn the weekend's over we got to go back to school tomorrow that just like sense of dread and anxiety that you feel in you because you just don't want it like especially as a kid right like i feel like i get a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment out of my work so i don't necessarily feel that myself Whereas it's with school, you're just going to learn. You got to wake up or Like it's there's a major difference between your weekend as a kid and your weekdays as a kid. Whereas as an adult, oftentimes your weekends can almost be more work because it's just at home work. Right? It's work that you're doing around the home yeah. to keep things going. So going to the office on Monday or you know set you know whether it's at home or in the physical office. Um, it could just be kind of a different sense of work. But anyway, as he's talking about this, it's like, oh, this really does hit home for me. Um, again, not necessarily for my current job, but just thinking about life as a whole. Um, but then as you get to like the the, the the model and the assessment, so the I should point out that, again, I've kind of like opened that this is similar to like the Myers-Briggs assessments that we've taken in the past. I have a feeling that this model can shift and change over the course of your life over the course of your life right like so i took the assessment right there it's like 40 questions and the questions are either it's like one two or three right where it's like i strongly disagree with i i you know it it what is like, I feel neither strongly or, or, uh, I feel neither positive nor negatively towards this. And then the third is like, I feel really strongly, like, yes, I love this. Right. And so of the like 40 some questions that there were on this assessment, I probably answered like 20 to 30 of them with that like middle, I have no strong feelings about this. Um, was that I- helpful? I can't imagine that it's helpful to be
1: honest, but. but Right? Like they they need you to be essentially like one more one way or the other way. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. So it's like, you know, give us your, it it says like, you know, give us your gut feeling, like first instinct response to this. Don't really think on it too hard. And, uh, yeah. I kind of have conflicted feelings about that because, I feel like there are times where you really like sit back and reflect and think about things because as they discuss this and like he says it in the book, I just actually read the page not too long ago where they talk about this and even kind of like similar to what I just said a moment ago, as an adult, you're the difference between the weekend and, and the weekdays, like it's often different types of work right like there's your work work where you're going in monday to friday but there's also the work that you do around the house like then they were like you know planning vacations like grocery you know shopping making lists all that stuff like projects around the house like that's also works to a degree and so you can actually see how you kind of mesh with your partner if they take this assessment and you might start to realize why you might clash on certain things right because maybe you have because if in a, in a in a relationship, there are only two people, right? So, and there are six working working uh, geniuses. So, if you don't align or overlap on any of the two, or any sorry any any of the two on any of the six, that means that there are still going to be two geniuses, at least two geniuses that neither of you have as a genius. So, like say, your genius is like not like say both of you have a frustration for tenacity, for like finishing things off. You might be really good at starting projects and then really bad at actually finishing them. So you might have a bunch of half-finished projects around the house that neither person can really like push themselves to actually complete. Um, But as I'm thinking about this, I'm I'm looking at, so my my working geniuses, I took the assessment, were wonder and enablement. And I was kind of surprised by the wonder Uh, enablement felt like clear cut. I was reading what the geniuses were and I was like, oh yeah, that's, it's definitely going to be enablement. And sure enough, like it was, um, but I haven't had experience galvanizing people very much in my, it work at least. Um, so it's difficult for me to say, oh yeah, I draw like energy. I love doing that because I haven't actually had the opportunity to manage anyone yet. Um, discernment, I definitely felt like wasn't, was not going to be one of my uh, stronger ones. And um, it was not. I think it was one of my frustrations. I believe galvanizing was also a frustration of mine. But again, that's like, it's not necessarily fair because I don't have quite enough experience in that, in that space. So what I found myself curious about is how would I find this or how would I, how would, what would my results look like, like say 10 years from now when I've been, in yeah. you know in my career for longer, right? Obviously, I was in grad school up until twenty seven or twenty nineteen. I was say 2017, 2019, So I've only actually been in the proper workforce now for about four years. So I don't have a ton of experience to like truly appreciate frustrations, or on the flip side of things, like super positive. Um, I'm not really sure what the opposite mm-hmm. of, of that would be. So when where I was, I would where I was where. As I was answering, like neither strongly nor negative negatively towards a lot of the c- scenarios, maybe someone like you who's been in the workforce for a bit longer might have a lot more experience to draw from and be like, "No, I fucking hate that," or "Yeah, absolutely, I love that. Sign me up."
1: Yeah, yeah, I say there are more like textures that I either agree with or disagree with based on, um based on my time in the workforce i'll say uh i mean i don't want i think i've galvanized people but it's also like very um dependent on the situation and the role that i'm playing yeah uh so it's yeah i think i guess i can probably say yes but it's also like one of those things i'm like sort of you know going to be doing more of hopefully in the future yeah so yeah we shall will
0: yeah, I'm curious to see how that plays out for me too, right? Like many of us have aspirations of, of climbing up that corporate ladder. And as you start to climb up that corporate ladder, galvanizing is certainly going to be one of the things that you're going to have to do. Um, so it was actually, in, in again, in the work of fiction, they're talking about the guy's career path and how he got to the position that he's actually in. And so he discusses, like he initially started, let me move my phone, as a and beeps here. Um so he discusses like his first job post college, and then he eventually gets a job at an advertising firm where he meets his best friend. He loves the job; he's having a great time, and then he gets a promotion, and then things become less fun. And then before he knows it, he's starting to feel those Sunday blues again. And when he tells his wife that he's getting the Sunday blues, she gets really like you know uh, discouraged. Just um, dis- yeah, I'm not sure the right word, right? Like it's not disappointed or upset per se, but like kind of like. Like, wait, really? I thought we—I thought you really loved the job. And then uh, he then goes on to create his own advertising firm. And after a, uh, a meeting with a client, he's, like, kind of down about something. And then he gets, like, super positive or energetic as they start to, like, transition to a different project. And his coworker kind of haphazardly asks, like, why do you like this? And he's like, wait, what? She's like, well, you were just like super down, like really frustrated a moment ago. And then like two minutes later, you flipped a switch and you're like super excited and happy and stuff. And that's kind of like the the, um, the inspiration for the meeting that led to them coming up with the Working Genius, which I believe is partially rooted in reality. And so um, he, during this meeting, like you know, um, impromptu meeting, he and several other coworkers, figure out this model. They like come, they developed the model together and they realized that while he, is a C, as a CEO of the company, um, he has a working genius of, uh, I think it was wonderment and something else. Uh, but it wasn't galvanizing. Galvanizing was not his genius. It was one of his competencies. And so he was finding that he, as CEO, was having to galvanize people too much. It was something that he could do. But when he had to do it too much, it started to drain him, and it started making him upset or you know resenting his job. It was a job a company that he himself started, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I guess I'm curious to see where this assessment goes. So tomorrow, uh, as an organization, or at least my department, we're going to be doing this discussion with like an external vendor to discuss these working geniuses. I'm really curious to see like what this ends up doing to our structure like do things change is this just a thing that companies do right like oh this seems like a great idea let's have these people come in we're going to talk about it for like a day or two and then it kind of like disappears and everything goes back to normal or is it something that people are actually going to be able to utilize and consider as they like take on projects as they work you know they initiate collaborations, things like that um we'll see like the 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 Leadership group, Uh, they've like done the pre-training and other things like that. They've had to do like the like some base level training or assessment meetings, and they are like raving about it. They say it was like fantastic. So I'm very curious to see what this looks like tomorrow.
1: And remind me, this is the first time you you've done something like this.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It is. This is like the you know everything I've worked in before. This company at least was uh, like. Research labs, you know, no greater than like yeah. 20 people in them. So very, very small. So it'll be very interesting to see this. I'm, I'm assuming that you've done things like this in the past.
1: Yeah, these like uh, what tends to be the uh, the goal of something like this is to see if you can build better working relationships with your colleagues so that you can become more effective at sort of communicating and collaborating. The idea is to be like, oh, well, if we can, like, better identify whether it's patterns or, or, or um, working styles, like you said, different ways that people like to lead or be led, communicate with or to, And and collaborate uh, either in one direction or the other. The uh, the hope is that you remember that moving forward, so that the next time you're in a situation where like, man, why why are we not like why are we not communicating correctly? Why does it feel like something's getting lost? And then you go, oh, this person likes to talk this way, or this person likes to have things resonated the other way, and and then you can like sort of go past roadblocks much more uh, naturally because the power is sort of in your hands to do that as opposed to, Hey, this person is just really difficult to work with. It's like, well, this person works differently than me, but that doesn't mean that it's an, uh, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Now that I know how they like to work, I'm better equipped to handle it. Yeah. It's really, I think the the outcome of a lot of this stuff.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, At the very least, like, honestly, it's been cool to kind of read the book and kind of think about myself, you know? Um, Sure. It's like, I feel like there's a bit of value that it has, even like, as I was talking about, like the personal life, um, it it has a value of knowing what my geniuses slash frustrations are. And how they like mm-hmm. might relate and affect me around the house, for instance. When I got oh, yeah. the book, Lena was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." She actually started reading the book before I did. She read the first like eighty pages, and um, she's a little disappointed because she can't take the assessment. Yeah, uh, at least for free, you gotta like pay like twenty five bucks or, or something for oh, sure. it. Sure, um, but we can. We were like kind of trying to um, infer or figure out what her what her geniuses slash um, frustrations were um, the other night, just thinking about like how she works and things at home and whatnot. I was trying to think of also like, can you retros- retrospectively consider why a job like failed for you or why it was like a success, like a position that you yes. had in the past, why you liked it and or why you hated it and how it might relate to the working geniuses like does the working genius model fit why you disliked it and in some cases it could in some cases it couldn't but um yeah
1: for me the uh yes i know what jobs are important like what types of jobs what i am aiming to accomplish at said job like what needs to exist um and so that is uh that is something that I've, I've come to learn about myself to say, yep, yeah, you know, certain things add a new role when considering it. I it, it just has to be there. Otherwise, it's like a non-starter for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, have, have you, I mean, you're asking me, have you come up or uh, sort of understood like a list of things like, hey, this is,
0: this stuff is important to me? Yeah, so it's, so what I'm realizing is, kind of as I think about career growth, right? Like galvanizing is something that you're probably gonna need to have if you're gonna be a manager. And so while I think, I, I, have to, I would have to open up my work computer because like the, the email, the results of my um, assessment came in an email that were on that computer. But I believe galvanizing again was one of my frustrations. Mm-hmm. And what I'm thinking or realizing is maybe there's a way to kind of learn and adapt to work something to maybe not necessarily be of complete frustration. Like, Uh I would think that some of these things kind of exist on some type of, like, spectrum where you, like, if you, something could be your frustration, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a killer. Because as they were giving an analogy to explain the differences between the uh, competencies, competencies, frustrations and geniuses, they're like, a genius is something that just, like, gives you complete joy. Um, You could think about it as, like, a thermos that you fill with hot coffee and um you like cap it and that thermos like that heat stays in that thermos all day long um uh competency is like if you put that coffee into a mug like the heat is there but it, w- it will start to leave over time and a frustration is like if you put a hole at the bottom of that of that of that mug um You know, it's super draining. I wonder for some people if a frustration is like a bigger hole than others. And so if something is a frustration, maybe I don't necessarily change it from a frustration. But maybe I can like just by the very nature of knowing it, maybe that hole can be a little bit less large and therefore make doing such a job a little bit more manageable. Especially like if there is an end to it. If it's like okay, here's a frustration, and um, but the frustration is only going to last like four hours today, and then you can go back to something that yeah. you really like, you know, that if that will help me push through anything a little bit more.
1: That's very interesting. Um, the the what's it called? I just pulled up my uh, profile thing that I'm doing at work. It's called. Uh, Discovery personal profile Uh, I'm not going to get into mine quite yet Because I know you're not done But essentially mine is like The insights here Are trying to identify the origins of my personality And there's four distinct energies Apparently And then there's like stuff that From Hippocrates to Carl Jung um, And now what they've done is basically create This thing that helps me understand how I can grow personally and interpersonally. There's, like, this personality, personal style that I have, apparently, my decision-making style, key strengths and weaknesses, um, well, it's key strengths and possible weaknesses, so I'm happy to let you finish, but I'm also realizing that, like, your test and my test, they're, they're, they're essentially... Many many different styles at arriving at a, a similar output. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I got no issues with you talking about it in, in detail. Um, I don't think it's going like, to any you know change anything related to mine. So, but yeah, that's that's. Um, yeah, it sounds hyper similar. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, how? I mean, I'm very excited to see how like that conversation with, especially with you and your colleagues, comes about. Yeah. Uh, and, and how your working relationship with your colleagues changes. I think a lot of this stuff is also like, if it resonates, then you want, you just hope that it resonates with as many people as possible, because if it can resonate with more and more people, then, uh, then I think everyone benefits more as opposed to if, uh, well, it only you re- know if it only resonates with one person, then it does feel like the results or impact is, is a little bit limited.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm definitely super interested to see how how that conversation goes too. I've actually been so. I've had the opportunity this year to really get involved in a lot more like collaborations, like branch outside. My my manager actually told me that this is this is almost certainly what was gonna happen when I joined his group. He's like, So the first year, you're probably gonna be working really closely with me. Um, just like by the very nature of the projects that I that I'd taken on. They were basically projects that he had on his plate but didn't have the time to take to the finish line and so i Mm -hmm. took on those projects um you know made good progress people were interested in those projects they started to use them i started to work with other people over the over that you know that next year and then i started to build you know the relationships from that and then moving forward because of those relationships that relationships that i'd started to build people were going to start to come to me directly for like insights help whatever and I'd be able to leverage my expertise in various areas and build my own connections with other people. And uh, that's basically what happened. Like this this year, I've been working kind of more on my own than more on my own or really with other people outside of anyone on my immediate team. And Mm -hmm. it's allowed me, because as I knew one of my geniuses was going to be enablement, it's like, oh, like this is... You know, right up my alley. It's something like I'm very capable, right? I'm very capable of an- of answering or helping you with this pre- with this specific project. Um, here are the ways that I would go about doing X, Y, Z, and let's do it. And I, you know, I like literally just the other day I got a, um, a great feedback from one, um, one of my collaborators partners on a, on a project that we've been working on together. Well, I I didn't get it actually. He told my manager when they were having an, an unrelated meeting, but like that was good to hear. So, looking forward to being able to, like, further leverage my genius of enablement and hopefully that allows for greater recognition and, and um, greater fulfillment, really. Like, it, it feels good. It, it, it makes me feel fulfilled. So, yeah, hope I can keep doing that.
1: Hell, yeah. That's always good. That's yeah. like That's, like, some real growth. Yeah. Very cool. Well, eagerly look forward to hearing how that conversation goes maybe um what i can do is also uh once you send me the thing um i can also read my thing uh the next time we speak probably need to record earlier in the week or something because um, i'm flying out on friday and i'm back on the 8th
0: got it okay yeah that sounds good um yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll record early. Can eight. you believe it's already almost July? I Jesus. really can't. No, Gordon's birthday is in a in is in a month and three days. He'll be four.
1: Wow, crazy. What's the uh, the big plan?
0: There actually is not a big plan this year. Like Lena, so Lena is very much like I'm, I'm not sure which of the the uh, the the geniuses you would give her for this, but um, it's either Wonderment or or uh, the. Uh, Was inventive. I can't remember if it was invention, Uh the wonder or invention. I guess maybe a little bit of both, which I think might actually be, I think she might be suited for both of those. Um, But last year she planned, you know, his whole birthday party and everything. This year, I think we're going to just do something more low key, something a bit more just personal. So, yeah. His, uh, like Lana's aunt and cousins from England might be coming. Well, not might. I know it's coming. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the cousins. And therefore, like, Gordon. So, Lena's cousin has a son who is, how many months? Like, three to six months. I can't remember the exact number. Like, three to six months older than Gordon. So, they're very similar in age. And they might all be visiting from England, which would be great. Um, If they do, then uh, it would give, uh, you know, just like... one person like war one group of people that we're just all hanging out with all spending time with um so yeah that might that might be what we we ultimately do now we may do something like for his friends from school but that would be like much 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 more toned down compared to last year
1: i mean you can't keep amping it up right
0: no, and he's so young that it doesn't really matter like you know what <laughs> it's like he's so young. Is he going to be disappointed by having like two really close friends over at, his, at the house for like several days in a row, you know or is he going to prefer having is he going to pref- would he prefer to have you know like a moon bounce in the in the backyard again? I'm sure he would love that. But oh, again, it's like yeah. if you don't know what Hey, it's hard could, to
1: hard to compete against a moon bounce.
0: <laughs> if you don't know what your possibilities are, you can't really be too upset. Not to mention the fact that like all he's what he's really gonna want are like treats. He's gonna want candy, he's gonna want like ice cream, cake, all that other fun stuff. So as long as he gets those things, he's gonna be thrilled. He's he's like very um hyped up for the birthday, I'll tell you that. He keeps talking about like, Oh, can we have this for my birthday? Like uh Lena bought him she bought some graham crackers the other day, and I'm not sure what the conversation was when they were at the grocery store, <laughs> but every time he gets some, he goes, I- I'll, eat, I'll eat one graham cracker now, and then we'll save the rest for my birthday party. And I'm like, dude, your birthday's, <laughs> in, your birthday's in a month, man. Like you, can, you, can, you can eat these. Go ahead. Do, eat, eat them. Enjoy them. And, uh, but every single time he eats them, he like, says something related to he's going to save some for his birthday next which you know he doesn't say next month he's just gonna save him for his birthday again 30 some days That's away so from funny. now. yeah so he's keenly gonna have so many up.
1: snacks saved for his birthday
0: dude yeah you don't you don't even know um but yeah no nah, it's it's not July it's July already we, we're in we're in summer like legit we're in summer
1: Ugh, you ain't gotta tell me I um I got to feel the humidity, like that, that New York City summer humidity hit me oh in full force this weekend. Oh, boy. Um, I had two races that I ran, two four-mile races, uh, one on Saturday, one today on Sunday. Wow. Saturday was the New York City Pride Run. Uh, first time I've run that race. Usually, I sign up for that race, but uh, like something happens, and we are out of town. But I ran it, and it was like at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um and for about two minutes it started downpouring right before the race started so we're just standing around and started to rain really hard which was nice because it was already super humid but then it sucked because it didn't rain nearly hard enough or long enough so then it just felt like they upped the humidity and we ran four really hilly miles and then my friend and I who ran it we ran it together we got lunch And I walked home and it was just like, my shirt was soaked the entire time. And the same thing happened today where it was a lot drier today. No rain. Yeah. But it was one of those 70 degree days, which normally is super comfortable. But when it was 82% humidity, I was like, oh, while I'm standing around in the race corral waiting for the race to start, my shirt's already soaked. And so by the time I finished the race, which was pretty tough, um, not tough, but like, You know, with the with the exertion that I put today than I did on Saturday, a little bit more exertion today because I was just running it by myself. I grabbed. They were like, um, when you finish the race, there are like cups of water you can get. There's apples you can eat. There's bags of pretzels you can eat just to get your some sugar or salt back in you. And like this is the first time I actually grabbed an apple and just like I like scarf that thing down. Um, and then I walked to Target on my way home to get start running some errands, but was like it took a long, long, long time to get my shirt to essentially not be soaked. Like when I walked from like post race, obviously it's drenched, it's like dripping drenched. But then by the time I walked to Target, it was like less dripping drenched, but still damp. Yeah. Same thing at uh, Whole Foods, and I I felt it when I got home, I changed and showered and all that stuff, and it took about, like, three to four hours in the AC to, like, finally dry off. Wow. And then I I took Oliver this afternoon on a long walk, because this next, like, five or six days, it's, like, scattered thunderstorms every single day, so you have no idea when it's raining. You just know it's really humid. Yeah. And New York City really needs a nice thunderstorm to, like, zap this humidity, but I took him for a walk, and it was just one of those things where, I don't know about you, but my shirt starts to blot really quickly. Um, Especially if I'm wearing a lighter colored shirt, which I did. And next thing you know, I've got like really, uh, really ugly like sweat stains everywhere on my shirt. I've got them around my stomach. I've got them on my upper chest. My whole entire back is soaked. And it's just like not comfortable today, but man, summer we're we're here.
0: Yeah. No, dude, that's, that's, brutal man that's brutal it's been hot here but not too hot um i don't like it we've we have so we've been we've been just rocking open windows for much of the last like month um open windows and just running fans you know ceiling fans air fan, like tower fans like right next to me right now um but it's gotten hot enough that we've had to turn on the air conditioner and um I don't know. Like I, w- I stayed inside most of the week. And actually, I think I talked to you last week, right, about my foot problem. That has ha- I actually saw a, podiat- a, podiat- a podiatrist about it. And, yeah. Uh, it was um, ultimately um, uh, it was it plantar fasciitis, and uh, what's the other one? Um, there's another. There's another nerve or tendon that runs um, along like the horizontal of your foot, along the outside, a part of, the, of your foot, like underneath your ankle. And uh, I'm just blanking on the name of it. Um,
1: it's not the soleus, is it?
0: It's like planar or something.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: It's uh, gosh, I can't find it. I I can't like if if you Google like it's Plantar is what always shows up. <laughs> um, but so it's it, he 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 said that that's 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 what it is. Um, but. It's also like it's like both. He's like you have that, and you also have plantar. He's like I'm not sure which one happened first, but it sounds like it's the the the, the one that's not plantar is the one that's like super aggravated because that's causing a lot of the pain and 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 uh, discomfort that I've been feeling. Um, but he's like you know just basically could be overuse, just the way that basically could just be overuse, right? Like the I was talking about like the way I was mowing the lawn and 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 whatnot. But um, yeah, because of that, I was largely I largely stayed indoors. Um, I just kind of been resting my feet. My feet. I did spend a little bit of time outside with Gordon, and I was just like trying to stay in the shade as much as I could. And he was just trying to party. <laughs> he was just trying to do stuff. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: How long will it take for you to recover?
0: So he said, come back in like three weeks. Um, they gave me a brace, but he's like, you know, you don't you don't need to come back in three weeks. Only basically only come back if it still hurts. And um, it's, it's, it's gotten way better. I can still feel it. Like if I, if I like flex my foot in a very particular way, I can definitely mm-hmm. feel some discomfort in it. It's not like super painful or anything like that. Um, but I definitely do, like I'm still aware of it. It's kind of crazy just like how long that stays with you. And I guess that's just one of the ways that we start to age, Right.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's Everything like, hurts. Everything hurts. Everything hurts and yeah. it hurts for longer.
0: It hurts for longer. That's the big thing. You don't recover anywhere near as quickly as you used to. And that's uh disappointing. Like it and it's so subtle and it takes like it's so subtle that it's difficult to really to truly recognize and and appreciate. You just kind of notice it over Like, wow, this is weird. Like I'm I'm not an athlete, so I don't I don't I'm not an athlete, so I don't have I'm not like benchmarking my myself, my pain, my my ability to recover from things. And uh I guess this but this is probably like what when we refer to like athletes, right? NBA player, NFL players getting older and they're like 33 I was like, "What? That's that's my age." This is kind of what they're talking about, though, where the players don't—they just don't recover. They they are, they feel they just feel their body more day to day, night to night, when they have to perform. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: That uh, that reminds me of like football players are saying that. Uh, After a game, their bodies are hurting, right? But what they have to do is actually work out hard to break off, like what what essentially is like the calluses on the muscles. Mm -hmm. And they don't feel good until two or three days later. Uh, But those sort of get longer and longer as the season goes on. And so I'm not saying it's like 100% applicable, but it does sort of just remind me of like, oh, you know, there are things that you, quote unquote, need to do. Um, to ensure that your body is as prepared as possible to recoup from something that feels tough. But it's like, you know, it's so easy to feel like, you know what, I don't want to do this thing because my body hurts. Yeah. And like trying to convince yourself that you should do it is like such a tough thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nah, no, I feel like, that. Like when
1: I had a boot... Uh, I had to wear it at night, and I would always wake up in the middle of the night and, like, throw it off because of how painful it was yes. to hold my foot in a position.
0: Yes. I know that feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know but, it's
1: good for you, yeah. but, boy, does it? Is it, is it painful.
0: So... Lena gave me her brace – like this is before we got married. I had – I was probably dealing with some more plantar fasciitis like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago now. It's been a while. And she lent me her brace that she was using um, for her foot. And I was waking up in the middle of the night and I had to take the brace off because my foot was in more pain because of the brace. Yes. Because yep. it's trying to hold your – like it. it's – you're supposed. i guess you're really supposed to be sleeping on your back but as as i've told you before i am uh, i'm a stomach sleeper and so i think what was happening is i was basically flipping my body onto my tummy and yeah. and uh it was causing my foot to now be in this like when you're laying on your stomach your foot is kind of you know the the, the top of your foot is kind of laying flat against the bed but since i'm in this boot My toe is basically into the bed, and now my foot is like elevated, or I'm like trying to like flex my foot, like, and it's all like happening subconsciously, like in my sleep. But eventually, it's just causing enough strain that I'm waking up with severe pain in my foot. Like, yo, get this shit off me right
1: now! Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's awful. But I don't know what the what the balance is right between focused sort of therapy in that sense, even if it's quote unquote passive therapy, but like you got to believe that like it it's so painful that you're waking up in the middle of the night to like react to it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I've even woken up after having taken sleeping pills. Jeez. Yeah. That's how much it's, it's like it affected me. So I was like, nah, I can't do it. But it's also like I try to wear sometimes during the day, so that I can like try to do a better job of like, all right, it's not going to mess with my sleep. I can always like take it on, take it off, like do like one hour on and like 15 minutes off or something like that. Just like give myself a break. But yeah, you, you, I can definitely feel the positive, um, benefits of it. But boy, is it like, it's almost like, you know, when, when you have physical therapy and you're getting that stretching going, it's like, yeah, this is. Uh, this is painful, but it's gonna. I'm gonna come out the the other side of this a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah. And getting old, I, I am, I am not looking forward to knowing what pain, like what, what these aches feel like when we're fifty and sixty. Jesus, not, not gonna be uh, fun.
1: Yeah, well, that's why they say that. Like, yeah, you know, strength training cardio eating well like there are ways Mm -hmm. to mitigate it not to like completely avoid it but you know we already live such sedentary lifestyles our bodies are not well suited for a lot of this stuff uh especially because we're not moving as much as we used to right so if you can move more then you know you can fight off stuff what hypertension blood Mm -hmm. pressure yep uh diabetes just like all this stuff like it 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 does feel like once one once those stones start to roll it just feels like it just starts to pick up everything else and like we got to do everything we can while we're young right now to develop like just like smart choices and you know that that's why we got to get you back on your feet
0: yep um did you see that arnold documentary on netflix it's like the i said it's docu-series arnold Arnold schwarzenegger uh
1: no i mean yes i saw it you haven't seen it, uh so but it. i like, did not watch, see it watched how it, right? is it
0: it's good yeah it's really interesting um
1: okay
0: it's three parts the first part is largely about his bodybuilding career the second part's largely about his acting career and the third is about his uh politics his career in politics but there's specifically one point towards the end of the entire series where he's talking about, like, you know, just his body, right? Like, that was his thing. that It was his his life. And he started to get bigger, like, in his belly and stuff. He sees it. Um, you know, he lives in Hollywood. You know, It's it could be easy for him to go get plastic surgery and stuff. But anytime he, like, even, like, remotely thinks about it, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you're 75 years old, dude. Like, just stop. I don't know. He's like 70 something. Right. Um and uh but yeah, it's it's interesting to see like even even someone like that um struggling with like his image and he's like 70 something years old.
1: Well, it's like that Bill Burr joke to like you're 70, you should look 70. Yeah. All right. You don't yeah. want to be 70 but look like a 50-year-old uh, lizard.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's 75 years old. Um, it was really good. it's really it's honestly a bit inspiring. Um, you just like watch yeah. the way he was able to to just break into all these like three he had three very successful careers in three different industries and in everyone or at least more specifically like the acting and the career in politics people looked at him like, what are you crazy? Like, no, you can't do this. Like, (laughs) um, Uh, he did, he sure enough, he did it and he did, he did really well. So, um, yeah.
1: It is, I mean, what he, what he accomplished and, you know, obviously we're going back to Bill Burr, but like what he accomplished is absolutely legendary. And so, uh, how many lifetimes, right. Would it take Mm -hmm. for us to, uh, to accomplish what this man accomplished in a lifetime.
0: Yeah. Um the Bill Burr actually did talk about it. He Bill Burr watched it and he he really enjoyed it. It was like like the one episode of, of uh, Bill Burr's podcast that I've listened to in the last like six months. Um, but he he was saying how I mean, I guess not even really about Bill Burr specifically, but just his ability to like take I don't even know if he was really using things that other people said about him as motivation, inspiration, just his own willpower to, like, push himself, to make himself or get himself to do something. Like, he set his mind on it, and he did it. And um, I, what I did think was a bit interesting was, that, like, th- I, I didn't realize how much, like, kind of tragedy he had in his life. But basically, what he said was he never had time to, like, he never really had time to be depressed or stuff or like be super down about things because he just kept himself so busy that he never had time to like get in his own thoughts about things. Now I don't know if that's like a graded fight. Like to me that feels like a very like, I don't know, generation X view of like dealing with shit. Um, yeah. Like his brother, he hadn't, he had an older brother and his brother died in a car accident. His brother was, was, um, uh, I believe his brother was, uh, drunk driving and he, oh, got into, no. he got into an accident in Austria and died. And like, this was fairly early in his, in his like bodybuilding career. He's like in the U S but he's not like, he hasn't like made it by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, his dad, what happened to his dad? I can't remember exactly what happened to his dad, but his dad died. Um, his mom. So Arnold had like a heart condition and he had surgery to have it corrected, but it was dangerous and his mom had the same uh problem, and she did not correct it. she opted to not uh go through the surgery and she ended up dying because of it or the, because of that specific problem and so um you know like he's losing these people and is you know f- relatively early in his life and um he i mean I have no idea what he was like in the moment, but as he's talking about them uh in the uh in in the show, it's kind of like. Well, he was just like, you know, now he's he's got like another five movies coming out this year. He's got to do promo work for and prep for and then all of a sudden he wants to start a career in pop. Like he just never really had time to like really compare or or consider the effects that some of these things had on him. Um, Again, I have no idea what it really did to him in the moment, but still interesting to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I say we get out of here. Yeah. I think we're yeah. uh, we've, we've had a good session.
0: Certainly. All right. Well, I'm Reza.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks for thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.